What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 138 of the Decode Podcast. <laughs> we got we got we got Super Saiyan Mario up on the uh, image for our our live viewers uh, today. Obviously, uh, we're going to be celebrating uh, Nintendo and its uh, four year anniversary of the Nintendo Switch, which dropped uh, March third, two thousand seventeen. Uh, so we're we're four years and a, a day to the day that we were yeah. graced with one of the greatest portable systems ever made, I guess. <laughs> one of the better Nintendo <laughs> systems, in all honesty. What was that? One of the better Nintendo systems. Oh, for sure, you know. I mean, it's very obvious, like, you look, we didn't know it at the time, but it's very obvious that the Wii and the Wii U were very experimental. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we were the test subject for it, so. Oh, they took it. Uh, but anyways... <laughs> but anyways, this is the T-Code Podcast, uh, your weekly gaming and esports uh, podcast with myself, Ken Cardez, a.k.a. Omega Z, D-Core Editor-in-Chief, part of the written works available at Digital Era Entertainment. Um, we, we have a .com, so you know you may want to check out the website for all the stuff we're working on. It's as a well .com. As well as some of the links we're throwing the show. <laughs> it's a .com. Uh, I'm here with Gino, a.k.a. Uh, CL Geek Boy. Hello. Owner and operator of the Waypoint Cafe, located at 65 Ludlow Street. How's, how's it going at the cafe, Gino? Uh, slow, but it, it's more and more people. As the weather turns, it seems more and more people are coming. I keep getting asked now every day, hey, when's the next Smash event? And I'm just like, are you, are you all kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> They're all I mean, tired. Think- They're all tired of online. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think a lot of people just miss the ability to be around one another. Uh, I'm pre- I'm sure that when able, there'll be some type of plan for some type of in-person events. I've jokingly at the Cafe. <laughs> I've jokingly said I will build outdoor dining, not for food purposes, but I'll put like monitors out there. It's like if you guys want to run like. A twelve-man tournament. You're welcome to decide. <laughs> Obviously, like social distance, and like they'll have the space and everything. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that sounds like a headache waiting to happen. It more sounds than like a yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh. <laughs> but uh, I mean, here here in the city, I think I believe the indoor dining rules are scheduled to change later in the month. They're increasing the percentage of your patrons, I believe. Now. No, they already like, increased. Already, the okay. um the percentage now is thirty four percent. I heard it was like thirty three percent. Yeah, thirty three, thirty four percent, and now I'm allowed like four extra people in the cafe. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's like one extra table now, right? Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, slowly but surely, we'll be able to return to the, the base of operations. That's a big hope of mine. Uh, I miss being, like, truly live. Yeah, I know how like, you feel. You know, I, 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 I do enjoy, you know, doing this from the comfort of my own home as I sit on a, a couch having my background stuff, you know... <laughs> On mute while I watch videos of gameplay as we talk about games. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the vaccine is a thing. Um, They're now doing the overnights at Javits Center, which is interesting. Yeah, um, I'm just waiting. I, I have mine scheduled. I just have to wait. <laughs> I still haven't scored a uh, appointment yet, but I'm still I'm still trying. It's like a race between. For me, like the PS5 or the um, or the vaccine, which I'll get first, <laughs> which I'll be which able to get first. Yeah, which one I'll be actually able to get through the website to schedule. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. You'll probably most likely get a a vaccine before the PS5 because uh, in in the news uh, it has been discovered that PlayStation fives are being used to mine for Bitcoin 
Yep. Which is probably going to make the hunt for PlayStation 5s that much more difficult now as they get bought out by it's scalping. Already, okay, so, so, so here's the issue. Here's the real issue. There is a chip, there's a semiconductor um, chiplet shortage. And yes. it was making the news earlier this week, and everyone was really upset, apparently, that um, I think it was GameStop, GameSpot that put out the article first before Bloomberg somehow. And everyone's like, why, <laughs> why is the government caring about PlayStations? I'm like, that's, that's not what the article is saying. If you read the article, it's talking about the semiconductor like shortage which is affecting anything that uses a semiconductor in other words everything from cars to like your phones we're short on chips is a chip shortage like, that's the real underlying cause as to why the playstation is held so back yeah um though there was other news that you mentioned about the playstation regarding its storage i think you mentioned earlier yeah, so um, Sony is saying that they feel more confident. It's not official yet, but they feel confident that they will allow the uh, expansion bay on your PlayStation 5s where you can put in the uh, the, S- the extra SSD if you decide to purchase one. They're feeling like they can up- put in an update where you can now add that... Uh, HDD, HDD, SDD slot in. Uh, the curious piece is they said they're going to put out a list of compatible SSDs. So not every SSD oh may be compatible. Oh my god. So what is with Sony? In, in, it's an SSD drive. Like, they're all technically they're all technically what's it called? Compatible. It's Now they're just picking and choosing probably. Which companies? Maybe. I don't know, because I know that, um, I think, what was it, Westinghouse made one that was said they were, they made one when the PlayStation 5 launched. Right. And they were like, yeah, this is totally compatible with uh, the PlayStation 5. And we're sitting there like, but you can't use the expansion base, so how do you know yours is compatible with it? So I have a feeling like it's always been ready. Yeah. But they just want to make sure that it's 100%. And the reason why it's been delayed, uh, Sony has confirmed that certain... Extern, like if you put in the extra SSD, uh, some systems will overheat because of reasons. So they want to make sure that like they have that patch. That's not a- there is a <laughs> look. I'm just going by what they say. I know, but like <laughs> if you did it, it, it always impresses me. And this is for both companies or any ma- electronics manufacturer. How it's like, yeah, and it's like you don't tend to think that people don't stick their electronics in places that you know wouldn't be optimal. Yeah, that's just my that's just my thing. It's like I remember I remember going over to people's houses and I look at their like their consoles and like how their computers are shoved inside a desk with no airflow whatsoever and I'm just like baking <laughs> You're baking your like I'm pretty sure I could probably cook eggs and bacon on your PlayStation 4 right now. Was it the PlayStation 3 that had the really bad overheating issue? Uh, I think it was PS3s at the time. It was the... the but that, was because, uh, that was mostly because people were just not putting it in well-ventilated no, areas. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It was like, yeah, the PlayStation 3 had the, the whole issue that if you kept it in a closed thing, it was just like, oh, you could cook food on this thing. Great. Um, <laughs> I, uh, just when a company's going to learn, it's like, People stick their consoles in places that are not thermodynamically optimal. <laughs> uh, and we're gonna we're gonna have to start buying like cooling parts just for our consoles now. There is a company selling them, and um, I watched a review, and it actually makes your PlayStation hotter because the way that they have it, where you attach it to the PlayStation, blows the hot air further into the PlayStation. That's so dumb. They flip the fans wrong. And I'm like, why? Like, just flip the fans around. You can't. And I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> so we're back to that Mad Cats, you know, it's like a, one of those clip-on kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> Joy. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Um, but it, it's interesting that like PlayStations are being used for Bitcoin mining. Meanwhile, I've seen some weird. I don't know if you saw this trend. Everyone's kind of warming up to the Microsoft like SNX link. I don't know if this is because of the storage woes of the PlayStation 5, but I've seen a few articles going around. People are like, while we like Sony for their exclusive and for everything that they offer, it just feels like you get the better deal out of Microsoft. Some weird reason. You seen this? I don't know. No. No? Uh, okay. Well, I, I saw it making the rounds a few times. People were like concerned about um, storage space on the PlayStation 5, which obviously, yes, Sony will press it you guys should really just be mad at activision more than anyone else right now game who pushes a game with an 80 gigabyte patch mind you i don't know it, they do <laughs> i don't get it i don't get it um the second thing is what people were saying is um apparently i just forgot uh returnal is going to be 70 bucks at launch yes unfortunately I, I don't, and I know a lot of people. Sixty nine, six, ninety nine is the new norm. <laughs> at least for first party so far. Uh, most games on PlayStation Five have launched with that price. Some have launched less, and that's been a like a lot of like what's been considered budget titles. Okay, <laughs> you know, quote, quote unquote budget. <laughs> quote unquote budget. Okay. So is my so is our greatest fear back that we're going to be going back to the to weirdly priced games again? I, I think what it is, uh, the developers are going to be the ones that determine whether or not they're going to put the game out at that price point. Um, we have seen some examples where you know the games are arguably less than that. You know, for example. Um, a game that we streamed on this channel, Werewolf the Apocalypse, uh, both the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 versions are the same price. They're forty nine ninety nine, uh, which is considerably cheaper than, you know, our standard fifty nine ninety nine game or sixty nine ninety nine game. Right. Uh, the up the upcoming game, Kino Bridge of Spirits, is gonna be thirty nine ninety nine on the PlayStation five, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, because it's a smaller team and, you know, they they worked with a smaller budget to make that kind of game, which is amazing when you think about it. Uh, and and, and it, it shouldn't be that surprising because we've had cases where games have come out that look amazing and have released cheaper. You know, one of the greatest examples for this, uh, Hellblade's Noah's Sacrifice was a, a digital release uh, for the PlayStation 4. When it dropped, it was, uh, I think, twenty nine ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. And that was phenomenal. You know, it, it, it was a a budget priced game and it did not look like a budget game. Uh, and I feel like that's why I think that's going to help something like Kena Bridge of Spirits because the game looks amazing. It's been showcased twice on two different um, PlayStation 5, you know, PlayStation State of Plays. And I'm just like amazed at what that game looks like, what it looks like it's going to play as. And the fact that it's releasing at at a, at a budget price uh, definitely helps um, for those that are able to have PlayStation Fives. Um, I mean, it's also dropping so on every game store at the same price. Yes. So, so you know, if you have a if you have a PC, PC so. you know, it's it's there. Um, me, and I'm a PlayStation Five owner, so I'm definitely looking forward uh, to that. Um, it's because, yeah, you know, it's just it's just interesting because Microsoft hasn't made this push for. I don't think they will make the push for the sixty nine ninety nine price point. Personally, I think what they're going to end up doing is pushing more for like the service. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because I, 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 I I'll be. I don't know because like one, I don't have the Series X or S right. yet, so I haven't really paid attention to what the prices have been for those games. Uh, they've been uh, the same the, as last gen. So, like Yakuza Like a Dragon was fifty nine ninety nine. Um, okay. Game. The psychological horror game. The medium. Yeah. I think that also dropped at uh, fifty nine ninety nine. Mm hmm. 
Oh, Which I was a good game, by the way. Yeah. Yep, $59.99. Actually, wait, no. $49.99. Medium was $39 or $49? $49. Oh, that's even better. That's, yeah, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> but it also launched on <laughs> Games Pass. That's the other thing. It was a day one yeah. release on Games Pass. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's $49.99. That's it. So the first Xbox exclusive has actually gone down in ten dollars. Huh. <laughs> well, it was a it was a smaller studio. It's made by sure. Bloober Studio, who uh, they're not new. It's actually made up of a bunch of former deve- developers from different studios. Yeah, uh, some of them have worked on uh, the more recent Silent Hill type games. Um, some of them came from. Uh, the Evil Within studio. Yeah, this had a lot of Evil Within so. vibes. They're good games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just it's just interesting that people are like looking at it and it's like, well, I think it's the Games Pass aspect of kind of help. Yeah, I mean, we we we've said it time and time again. Games Pass is literally one of the best things that has come out for video games in a very long time. Um. You know, I'm just waiting for the day that uh, it just becomes just a standard app and I can put it on anything I want. <laughs> Games Pass? I mean, it is on everything yeah, but, just... but the PlayStation. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Listen, listen, you don't know how much joy it brought me to play Gears of War on the TV, then move with the, without having to fuss about the save file, move to my PC... And then when I was like, I I feel like laying down now, move to my phone. <laughs> Gears on my phone was the weird. That's when it clicked. I'm like, oh, this is terrible for me. I'm going to be so lazy now. <laughs> 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 oh, so good. So good. Um, yeah. What other news has there been? It was a pretty light news week outside of uh, three major It things. has been. And uh, I'm actually kind of grateful for it because I've been able to focus my time on playing the Outriders demo um, really hard. Like, I've been on that demo super crazy. What class do you um, like the most? So I like the Technomancer. The so Technomancer is uh, <laughs> this ice-based, long-range kind of class. Um, what I love about it is developer people can fly is being super responsive to the feedback on even just the demo where they provided updates for the demo to help with like loot changes better matchmaking frame rate fixes and things like that and i'm like for a developer to like put that much care onto just a demo that gives me a lot of confidence for the game yes um it i actually like the leveling progression system it's very diablo like yeah, you know, it has the world tier system, which is very similar to the uh, the torment system that's in Diablo. Um, the loot is rewarding because, like, every mission gives you loot. It's it's just it's just a fun game to play. It's gears. more than anything. It's gears. It's it's, 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 it's gears of destiny. Yeah, <laughs> with a little <laughs> with a little bit of Diablo sauce sprinkled on it. So <laughs> it's 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 actually the one it's the one type of these. I guess, lifestyle game that actually hits all the notes for me. Yeah, and the best thing about it is it has all the stuff that people have thrown into, like developers, on, I shouldn't say three, developers have thrown into the live service model of games, uh, you know, things like Destiny, Division, and whatnot. Uh, but it's not that type of game because it's not a live service game. It is a single-player game. Yes, you have to be online to play it, uh, but for the most part, you know, you can go through the whole campaign Solo. at your leisure. Yeah. yeah. You don't have, to, there's no, there's no activities that force you to team up with people online or anything like that. There's nothing that requires matchmaking. Matchmaking is entirely optional. It just does a lot right. And I think it, it goes to a point that I made earlier where like the success to this type of game type largely depends on 
a developer essentially reading the room going, okay, we want to make this kind of game. What do players like from this kind of game? What do they not like from this kind of game? All right, they like this. Let's stay away from this. Let's try to put an emphasis on this thing. Now, there's one thing that they don't like. Let's find out why they don't like it. How can we make it better? And it looks like that's what they put in this game. Now, I'm not saying that Outriders is going to be like the best thing ever. Because, I mean, the demo is very mixed. Uh, There are things that I like and don't like about it. It's not perfect. But it's hitting a lot of things right. Which gives me high hopes for it. I think right now the only negative I can think about it is the fact that Square Enix is the company publishing it. Which is hilarious because (laughs) I sit here and I'm like, all right, Square. I just happen to be made aware of they're pushing a patch out to the Avengers game. If we want to, if we want to continue with that line of thought, and you want to know what you want to know what they learned from all the feedback they got about Avengers? What? Let's make the grind worse, and like let's make the grind harder and the loot worse. That's how we'll get players to join. Yeah. Like they're actually making they're they're adding bullet sponge health. To a lot of the, uh, to a lot of the uh, enemies and stuff like that. As, as if the enemies weren't already spongy enough in that game. I, I don't know if they're trying Avengers to go the is, Dark Souls route now or what. I don't know. All I know is they gave Marvel bones. Avengers <laughs> is just like Anthem in the fact that they are perfect examples. Of what not to do with the genre. <laughs> and we all saw what happened to Anthem. I want to know. And <laughs> I really want to know how much of this is actually just And just swear just being the people dev it. I don't know because like. This game. And I'm talking about Avengers specifically. Like everything about it. Just screams like. Ashgram. A developer. It's not. I don't know if it's the because like I really don't see this as Crystal Dynamics. I don't making e- this game. That's like the thing. I, I, I just don't get it. Like this doesn't sound like a game they would make. It this doesn't sound like the type of decisions that they would make. Even th- when it comes to this kind of game. Be honest with you. I don't even think this type of game is a game that Square Enix would even publish. Let's be honest. They already have their cash making money through Final Fantasy. They want a live service game, if we want to call it that. Yeah. I, I really feel like that they were handed a bunch of money by, by Disney. That's what it really feels like. Or Marvel. I, either or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I look at that, like, that game and I was just like, at one point, I was like, "Oh, that's exciting!" And then the more I saw of it, I was just—I just lost all that excitement. And it feels like I dodged a bullet by not really <laughs> getting into that game. I feel like we all dodged it because remember that game like shipped broken. <laughs> it was missing. Like it, it would launch like dialogue sequence, and it would still have like place dialogue here, Lorem Ibsen kind of stuff. <laughs> it shipped out, and I'm just like, I don't like th- that. Even if I make fun of Square all the time, like that's something they wouldn't put out. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just doesn't feel like the caliber of product that they would put out. I mean, they've put out some duds before, but not like, but hey, this is this is nothing isn't like finished. this. This isn't finished duds. Like, not you spent yeah. the last twenty minutes working on this kind of dud. Like, <laughs> no, like. There's something up there. <laughs> yeah, it just it just feels wrong for some reason. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think that uh, Mediatonic being bought by Epic Games. Yeah, I was going to get into that since we were talking about, you know, Disney and stuff. And I was like, hmm, you know, they, they don't... Thinking of companies. Drill into one another. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm excited for also, the devs. Yeah. I'm excited for them. I'm happy for them. It's like, cool, you got picked up. I'm not happy with 
that's just yeah. I, I'm surprised Epic Games looked at Mediatonic and said, "This is a developer we need to have." It's I don't I don't know what that I like. Uh, I I don't. At first, I I. So recently, I've been going more and more into the whole like at the companies because a lot of people don't realize this. Epic Games, Valve, and um, EA and ID Software all came from Microsoft. They were all developers at Microsoft. They worked on Windows ninety five, <laughs> and then they all left. Um, yep. Some with a lot of bad blood between them all. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. Um, sure. I don't understand Sweetie or Epic's reasoning for buying this dev. I don't understand their reasoning or, or the path that they're going with the Epic Game Store. There are still things that are missing on it that are kind of, you know, important, like... Um, like community features, things like that. Like I can't really message people, or things like that. Mm-hmm. It just feels like it, what it is—a storefront, and that's it. Like it's not like a hub. It's not a community. Team has, yeah. Gog has, or I can't believe I'm going to say this. Or even Origin. Origin had a better, like, interface than Epic Games right off the bat. Um. Cash grab. That makes sense? I don't know. Um, I think it has more to do with them wanting to have, like, everything under, like, one umbrella, so to speak. So, like, they have, they just bought. You know, uh, they just bought Mediatonic. Right. They also published Fortnite. These are both, you know, live service games with season pass models built into them. Yes. Um, I believe Rocket League, as far as its PC version, is... Does, um, uh, Rocket League was developed by Psyonix, but is that under, like, an Epic Games? They bought out Psyonix. They bought Psyonix. Epic Games did... Yes. Did buy Psyonix, right? Yes. So, like, so you have now like, they basically own like the big three in a way, right? Like, in a, in they a, have they have Rocket League, they have Fortnite, and they have now Fall Guys. So, like, they have all these. I mean, those are three major companies, even though they only really are known for like that one style of game. Yes. I, so. Because. <laughs> At the same time, it would have made more sense, in my opinion, if Epic just bought Devolver Digital. Because they're the publisher. And then have all of Devolver's um, back catalog. There have been talks that, like, this goes outside of games, that Epic wants to become what Facebook was, but for the entire new generation of growing up. In that sense, where it's the like how Steam for for my generation, well, from two thousand three forward for PC gaming, was the one stop shop area, and by buying these games, they're now trying to take an entire generation, make them the center of that in that kind of sense. Um, which, in that sense, yeah, that makes sense because now you have now have, like, money that's always there available being pumped back into you. The problem is, like, how sustainable is that market? That That's the real question. I don't know. I think what it is, largely, more than anything, is all three of those games benefit from the microtransaction market. They're largely... Yeah heavily relevant on the cosmetic marketplace more than anything, you know. 
Fortnite even managed to get my money. Like, <laughs> I, I bought the Kratos skin. <laughs> I have not put a dime into Fortnite. I can imagine that there are people that drop a lot of money. They stole on Fortnite skins. My money. Remember, I paid for Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because <laughs> I was actually genuinely interested in the actual game that it was becoming, not the battle royale thing. Um, yeah. I, but the other no, thing that I, uh, it's, it's the other a, thing that I, go ahead. It's just like it's when you look at who plays. Like if you if we were able to look at the demographic of all three of those games, I will guarantee you they probably skew younger than say League, um, Counter Strike, um. Valorant, in that, in terms of age group, let's let let's be honest. Yeah, I I, I I wholeheartedly feel that there are a there is a larger group of the population that is youth, and I'm talking teens, preteens, um, probably even like you know the the seven to ten demographic maybe right. around there. Uh, I feel a lot of them gravitate more towards those kind of games because of how they look, you know, rocket league, you know, it's cars and it's, it's car soccer. Like, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a ease of play thing. You know, Fortnite is very silly looking, you know, you got kids who do Fortnite dances on the street. Like yeah. we all know that, you know, there's, there's a, that, that's a, that's a game that is multi-generational in terms of age. Uh, and the same thing with fall guys, even though it is very cute, silly, designed and it, it was obviously designed with the mindset to have the younger generation play it um these are also three games that are one heavily streamable and that's that's the culture that gaming is towards you know people want to become streamers you have kids who want to be youtubers you have kids that want to you know do things on tiktok and facebook gaming you know that's I get that kids think kids see that as cool so i think epic also saw that and that's why they probably made the move to buy something like a company like mediatonic because they have fall guys um i mean mediatonic has made also a lot of different games but i think fall guys was the main draw yeah for epic i think it's that and I, i i still think that it's they're setting up the base that like how valve has their by Half Life. Mm-hmm. How do you keep the, that? The, the, it's like yes, they have Fortnite, but they don't just have now. Fortnite. Now, like you said, they now have the three of the biggest games. If we were to look in general by user numbers. Mm-hmm. Um. And also by like esports, at least. Rocket League case. Rocket League esports is coming up again. And Fortnite. <laughs> uh, Ah, I'm going to put a little asterisk and I'll come back to that in a second. Um, <laughs> Fall Guys Esports is kind of hit or miss depending on who you talk to. In my opinion, I think how Twitch Rivals has approached um, Fall Guys e- uh, Esports is wrong. And they should be approaching it more closer to like the original Battle Royale like TV show in that sense. Mm-hmm. Where you have personal- like get 49 personalities or 50 personalities. To compete for like a prize at the end by using Fortnite as the media. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so to counter that though, uh, we do know that there is a squad mode yes. coming to Fortnite uh, to Fall Guys. Uh, whether or not that's going to be in season four later on, they haven't really speculated on that too much. Uh, it seems likely that it will be available in season four. Uh, we won't know until uh, I think it's like another twelve days or ten days before season four drops uh, right. in Fall Guys. Uh, so maybe that might be the path towards that esports angle for Fall Guys. Yeah. So that there is some type of competitive level Fall Guys, which is weird when you consider the type of game that it is. But at the same token, you know, the battle royale. Who? It's it's a battle royale game, but it's also very game show themed. So why not have it be like? Uh, you know, 
something that is streamable to that effect where you know people can play it and win prizes and things like that not just getting the crown in the game but well, like get something also yeah. funny if every time they lost they got pied to the yeah <laughs> um but back to like the little note on the fortnite esports we have heard nothing about fortnite esports let's be honest and that's worrying i mean i'm sure they'll come up with something i, I it's either they're when waiting that happens for, i don't know it's either they're waiting for probably the the virus or the pandemic to pass but the fact yeah. that you had two of your largest streamers have to run tournaments for this game for you and that a lot of your contestants have switched over into the streaming personality market instead of the competitive market again, or have picked up other competitive games, is not beneficial. Um, well, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure they'll figure it's, it out. They have tons of, of money. Timing. They have tons of money to do, yeah. do something, put it back in the spot. They have, they, they have tons of our money. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Um, the last thing, though, in terms of esports. So, Riot has announced that both, um, I think LCS and Valorant will be having their, like, LAN, their first LAN in a while, um, in Iceland. Um, that was until yesterday, apparently. Uh, Iceland has been hit with 10,000, apparently, in, like, a day. So, they're all gearing up for a volcanic eruption. I just feel bad for oh, esports. Geez. I feel bad for esports. It's like, yeah, we choose the one country, uh, one of the few countries that has COVID under control and actually manages to make sure their borders and everything are secure and all that so they can keep everything on track because that's what Iceland has to do in general for other reasons, which is funny to me. But all of a sudden, a volcano decides to ruin no one expects the volcanic eruption. <laughs> no one expects a volcanic eruption. <laughs> Could you imagine, you know, uh, though? It's uh, like we choose Iceland. <laughs> a week later. I don't know. Volcano erupts. Why? <laughs> you know what I just thought of? I, I, I'm sorry to go back to the whole uh, Epic Games buying Fall oh, Guys no. thing, but I also just realized if Fall Guys wants to try to do cross-platform you know they're a very small studio this also helps them achieve that by being under uh epic games in True. terms of financial backing because you know rocket league is cross-platform fortnite is cross-platform uh so i feel like this will also help in the their goals because they have stated that their one of their goals was to make sure that uh fall guys has cross-platform play and since they're look they're coming to the Xbox systems and the Nintendo Switch uh, this summer. Uh, that that seems to make sense in my eyes. My so question I feel is, like maybe that that. When are we gonna get the Switch costumes then? I don't know. Maybe when it actually launches on Switch. <laughs> That's not just for that, but like, but also Fortnite. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I I don't. I I think Nintendo is just being like we don't we don't. I think Nintendo is just very careful with their IP. That too. I mean, they have the history. They have the bad history to show. It's like, what happens when we let other people touch our stuff? <laughs> Dancing Red Sox. Yes, crossplay. Uh, uh, Mediatonic. I was about to say Devolver Digital. Mediatonic has said that they are working on um, achieving crossplay for Fall Guys. Um, so that's going to be super wonderful once it does happen. As uh, Fall Guys is a favorite of ours to stream on. Our channel here at Digital Era Twitch, uh, so we look forward to being able to play with as many people as possible uh, when and if that happens. Uh, I think now it's just it's just a matter of when, because I feel like it's going to happen. They're just going to figure out how to implement it. Uh, but speaking of the Nintendo Switch, uh, as we stated earlier in the show, uh, it has been four years since the Nintendo Switch launched, and it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it, you know. I, I, we had a whole year off, <laughs> so, um, but to date, uh, this has been Nintendo's most profitable and most successful system uh, for many reasons. 
Um, and a, a large part of that is attributed to one, it being able to go from console to handheld in the blink of an eye, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Two, the fact that it's uh, portable. Yes. <laughs> Portability is also very good. Um, but outside of Nintendo being Nintendo and it being its franchises, you know, are there any other things that attributed to its, its success? I feel like uh, besides the brand loyalty for the Nintendo fans and for people who were looking to play those games as well, um, I think it was also the fact that it released at a pretty affordable price point when it originally came out. Yeah, the price think, point was uh, important. Um, you know. I think, I think, here's the two things that I think what really attributed. They saw what worked with the Wii and they saw what failed with the Wii U and they saw what worked with the DS line, the entire DS. Not just the 3DS, but the original DS. And how everyone had one, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and what they realized was they went back and said, okay, people didn't like the full motion control, but some people liked motion control if they were like older adults and stuff like that. That got them into gaming. They didn't want to lose that demographic. Like, okay, we could include the gyroscope and everything. I think what um, they included the fact that, like, you can have multiple players on it. You can have up to eight people on, on a Switch playing different games. Well, playing the same game. And I think people really like that. It's that community aspect. Right. Also, the fact that it's portable. It's one of the consoles that you don't need a TV. For sure. And if you want couch co-op, which people have been begging for again, it's like, oh, I, rem I miss the days of, like, I can sit next to my friends and play a game and, and have a good laugh about it and everything. Unlike the Wii U, which was very difficult to do because some games required one person to, like, you'd be passing around the, the tablet. Thing. Right. <laughs> I think this, they realized, well, if we keep the tablet... But it's not required for one player to hold. Anyone, you could just use it as a screen. I think that, that, I think it's that aspect. The price point, what you said, and the aspect that is a very family-like or community-focused console. Right. I think the, the, the other factor that attributed to its success was in its initial first year, Oh, yeah. There was a steady stream of first-party support. You know, it launched with Legend Zelda. of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. We got ARMS, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Splatoon 2 at least a few months after, you know, in that trickle. It came out, they came out as a, the system went into the summer months. And it culminated in that same year with Super Mario Odyssey. I think having that library within its first year is another factor on yeah. why the system has been so successful. Uh, and those games have a degree of longevity. You know, there's still people who play Splatoon 2 today. They're, I'm still playing Mario Odyssey because I still don't have all the damn stars. Uh... <laughs> I finally completed 100% of um, Breath of the Wild. All 900-some-odd Koroks. I haven't even done that in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and I know that... I, know, I already know that the reward for it is poop. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's Korok. It's literally Korok poop. <laughs> yeah. It's something I want to do in the game. I just don't know if I have... <laughs> Patience the to patience do it like I want to do it. <laughs> it was yeah. mind numbing. I, I will be one hundred percent honest with you. Mind numbing. Yeah. Um. 
like that whole first year is pretty much indicative of why the Nintendo Switch has been so successful. It launched um, probably one of the most diverse. Now that I'm looking at it, it launched with one of the most diverse catalogs. So we yeah, had it had something for everybody. Pokin, we had. Uh, we also had Rabbids. Got that Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle drop, 2017. Yes. Tetris, yeah, it, it basically it, Dragon Quest Heroes one and two. So it have everything. It had something. Yeah, I, I think what has not hurt, but it may be seen as a detriment to the Nintendo Switches. While Nintendo had that amazing support for its first year, uh, up until this year, and one could even say even in this year, uh, the first-party offerings have been very small and slim. Um, but people forget that like Nintendo has so many IPs that they have to cater to. Yeah. Uh, there, there was no Pokemon title during its first year. I don't think I think I don't think we got Let's Go Pikachu we, until tw- twenty eighteen was it? Yep, twenty eighteen. Yeah. So there was that, and that was a rush. Um, and just so you know, that was a rush um, version of the game because Nintendo did offer a sudden move, Ultra Sun and Moon. To be port to have its development stopped on the 3DS, ported to the Switch, but Game Freak, perp and the Pokemon Company purposely stated that they did not feel that the Switch would be a commercial success. Boy, were they wrong! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I think there are some uh, IPs that are missing. I would love to see a port. Of the Star Fox Zero game from the Wii U, I think my only complaint about it was the controls. Story wise, I think good. Yeah, like I feel like the Switch, and I, I think I've said this before, like the Switch is just ripe. Like I know that some people may decry this, but the Switch is just ripe for all these ports of games that were on the Wii Wii U. Just to throw them onto the system. You know, yeah. they didn't sell as well as they did on the Wii or Wii U, but I feel like they could find resurgence on the Nintendo Switch. Look at how they did um, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury this year. Oh, you know, I feel like doing the ports in that way may be more beneficial. You know, I think so. Yeah. Um, We're getting Skyward Sword HD this year. I feel like they could have just thrown a compilation, like putting Wind Twilight Breaker, Princess Twilight Princess, and, and yeah, Skyward Sword, you know, on the system. But that's me. Um, I mean, we got a port of a so game from like the early '90s. We got Link's yeah, Awakening like, remade, which was actually lovely. Well, that game, that remake was amazing. Yeah. Um, I feel like what they did with Super Mario 3D All Stars, where they gave us Mario 64, Mario Galaxy, and uh, Mario Sunshine, I feel like they should be able to do that with Legend of Zelda. Like we should get Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker. Okay, hold on. Wait. Oh. And Twilight Princess but all in one go. How many more times go. are we gonna republish Ocarina of Time? Uh, can we at least as many as it takes for me to be able to play it every on every single Nintendo system I own. <laughs> Remember that we got Master's Quest as a pre-order bonus for Wind Waker on the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm one of the few people who remember that. Yes. Master's Quest is weird. Um, I, 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 yeah, I agree with that, but I would like it maybe with like the less popular Zelda games. There are certain Zelda games I would love to play. Um, mainly the the Game Boy games, like or the Oracle games, um, Spirit Tracks, yeah. uh, the 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 Wind Waker s uh, DS games. I would like, I would like a proper kind of. I guess. Oh no, we got an HD mask. Somewhat. 
Jorah's mask. Punch out? <laughs> Punch out. Punch out is... So, here's the thing when it comes to those kind of games. You know, we're looking at Punch Out. We're also looking at F Zero in this respect, and in, to a degree, Metroid as well. Um, a large reason why these games have not come out in a long time, because I think so. the last Punch Out was the Wii. The last Punch Out was Wii, um, and the last F Zero was on the GameCube. And the last Metroid title was Other M on the Wii U. Uh, those games didn't sell well. Actually, Metroid games in general do not sell well. Um, the F-Zero game, I'm going to give a little uh, note because I had to look it up. Um, so when the GameCube game came out, it did not sell well. Nor did the arcade unit. Nor did the anime, because remember, they did an F-Zero anime at the yeah, same they time. They had the anime that, that tied into the Game Boy Advance game. Yes. All of that cost Nintendo so much money that they actually had to write off this, the IP. They can still use Captain Falcon, but it is such a loss. It would, um, it, it's kind of like what happened to, to Megas XLR in animation, where... You can't republish it on TV. They can't actually yeah. do that. Now, there have been devs, um, specifically the dev, the, the lead dev of Yakuza, has stated that he would love to make another F-Zero game, but that is up to Nintendo. That's yeah. if Nintendo wants to take that tax hit. I mean, they could probably take the tax hit now, but as a business, it's the same reason why Mother 3 will never get ported. As much as fans <laughs> clamor for it, it's not worth the investment of money or I feel like it would be. I feel like a port of Mother 3 would be successful. Yes, but I'm talking about from a business point of view. I, I don't think so. Um, Maybe I think Punch-Out does work. <laughs> I think a Punch-Out game could work on the Switch. I mean, we've had two fitness boxing games. Okay, punch out. And we have Ring Fit. <laughs> punch out or Ring Fit? I think that, yes. Punch out is definitely probably out of all the three that you've mentioned, punch out is the one IP I could see coming back to the Switch easily. But I also feel like that they would want Mike Tyson back in it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. We're not buying another punch out game unless it has Mike Tyson in it. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy another punch out. I would buy a punch out game if it was if it, was, it just existed. Just give me punch out. I want I want real Star Fox and not what Ubisoft put out. Again, Star Fox. I feel, I, I, one of those. I feel like I feel like that game should have just been a Star Fox game to begin with. It probably was originally pitched as a Star Fox game, and then Ubisoft probably said, "You know what? Actually, want to make our own game, sell toy." Because that's what it really felt yeah. like. Let's be honest. Because we all know that the Rabbids Maybe. game, the Rabbids game was straight up XCOM. Yes. <laughs> it was XCOM with Rabbids and Mario characters. That's literally what it was. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. It's you know, a great that's, game, actually. That's, that, that's what it was. That's just what it was. Um. So I guess we can chalk that up to a, a somewhat of a mistake. Like we understand the reasons why Nintendo hasn't focused on those IPs. Uh, but that can also be seen as a big mistake, uh, something that they're doing wrong with the Switch right now, because the Switch is so successful that longtime Nintendo fans, such as ourselves, are sitting here going like, yo, I, I, I want this game. You know, I wanna, I've been I wanting another F-Zero since GX. Like, I want another F-Zero. I don't care. Like, there has to be a way... To be able to make that game at a budget level and still have it be good. I don't think F-Zero requires... I'm, I don't need F-Zero to look like... Just give me F-Zero. Okay, because there are so many F-Zero-like games that are on PlayStation and on PC. And we realize but that... none they, of them are good. That's the <laughs> thing. I think it's a very, very difficult 
a high speed race game like that is actually kind of difficult because you have to get the controls very tight. Mm-hmm. With and now I guess we're gonna go into the demerit. Uh, the only other game like, and we all know that the Switch has a control issue in general, which we'll get into yeah. in a second. But I think the only game that I really want a remake of would be HD port of Kid Icarus. From the 3DS? From the 3DS. Yeah. That I game had that. it all. It had some of the best writing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> my only complaint was my hands don't conform to that 3DS like Yeah. <laughs> I think it would do right. very well if if they ported Especially with the dual I mean, sticks and everything. Crying out loud, we got a Luigi's Mansion game on the Switch. Yep. There's no reason we still don't have a Metroid. I'm well, just saying. Well, no, remember, they did say they did start Metroid 4. They didn't like where Metroid 4 was. Yeah. Scrapped it. And, we'll and gave it to Retro. And gave it, yeah, gave it back <laughs> to Retro. Which, in all opinion, <laughs> fine. Fine. I'm not going to complain about that. I am. I'm going to complain about Bayonetta 3. Where is that game? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Do you not remember in 2019 that they that Platinum Games and Nintendo quietly announced that Bayonetta 4 is also being worked out? I'm like, we haven't even got a 3 yet. How are you working on 4? They're probably going to skip 3 and go straight to 4. No, you know and what release I think? three later. No, you know what I think? They had so many ideas for three that they had to cut the game in half. And they can't figure out where to cut the game in half. <laughs> I really think it's that's that ter- issue. I really that's, think that's ter- the That's issue. terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. That's so they, awful. They probably had, like... Remember, remember, that they had that issue with Breath of the Wild. Where... Um, Breath of the Wild, the DLCs were like, oh yeah, these are ideas that we wanted to put in, but we ran out of time, so we put them in. And it's like, but we kept having ideas, so instead of making DLCs, we're just going to make a second game. <laughs> and I'm like, see, like, if this is... That's a good problem to have in general, where you have enough material Sometimes that's really good. Yeah. I just wish that you had a better time schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hardware-wise... And I think this is just across the entire, all the console manufacturers. Please stop using electronic inhibitor um, joysticks because they break. They're not designed to last. I mean, they're designed to last 10 million rotations. You think of a Switch? Yeah, that sounds great. That's not a good Switch for a video game. And I understand why you choose them because they're small. And they make the, the console nice and thin and everything. But you lead to console. That's, it, it's, yeah, it's, mean, it's funny that Microsoft... is a big problem. It's funny that Microsoft, out of everyone, is the one with like this huge, chunky controller. And yet doesn't have this problem. It's like, why doesn't Microsoft suffer drift? It's like, they're still using technology from the 80s. The best, <laughs> the best joystick Nintendo's ever had, in my opinion... At, at the Switch level, not the physical stick level, but like the, the internal part, is the N64. Controller. Yeah. In terms of comfort, the Switch, uh, the Wii, the Wii joystick was very comfortable. The Wii Wii U joystick felt good. The N64 controller, in all honesty, destroyed your palm. <laughs> I like I liked GameCube. I thought okay, the GameCube, GameCube also, controller yeah. was good. Yeah. The, the other thing, the hindsight thing, and I hope they fix it if they do a hardware revision, give me access to <laughs> Well, it's funny that you should mention that because apparently there's been reports that a hardware revision has been leaked where there supposedly is a new Switch model on the horizon that will output to 4K and have OLED support. Here's the um, thing. I don't think it will be a Switch Pro. What do you think it will be? I think it will be like what, what they did to the DS with the DSi. 
I don't think that Nintendo will call it a Pro. And here's the reason why. Yes, it can output to 4K. Right? That's something uh-huh. that you... That's just up when you detect a certain kind of thing. That doesn't mean that the native content is... That's what a lot of people don't realize. A lot of 4K content is just up Especially on PC and recent consoles. I think there's only one true 4K game on the PlayStation 5. And I think it's Astro's Playroom. Or the Sackboy game. I don't know. I, I, I have played everything on 4K and it, everything has always looked phenomenally better. You know, yeah, but there, there's something um, called like, there's, there's, it's being up, there, there's something, it's not up in the sense of like, how it's like, oh, we're just up everything to a 4K screen. It does something where it's actually playing native 4K. That's what I'm saying. Everyone keeps okay. thinking when they see 4K that everything's in native 4K. No. No, because do you realize how much of a pain that would be for laptops and computers and for consoles? You know how hot they would run and how loud they would be? It would be like holding fire in your hands. Would, fire that had that had the equivalent engine of a 747. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like you living in a, at the airport in Arizona. Um, uh, it, it's... This is the this is the reason why I, I hate the, the whole like I don't think Nintendo in the middle of this chip shortage, which we have no idea when it's gonna end, to release a full pro version with a like central processing unit and everything else. I think that we'll get certain parts replaced, like how they did a slight hardware revision with the Switch um, about a year ago with the new battery, with the better mm-hmm. uh, battery. I think what we're going to get is a better screen on the Switch. Lights. See, my thing is this, though. Like, if it's just a revision that upscales the screen, right? is that going to be worth me giving up my ready, my current Switch for? Like, I don't feel it'll be no, worth I that. I don't think... No, no. This is who have held out thinking or people like me who have like a day one switch whose battery is gone to complete. Like my battery's gone. I'll be honest with you, my battery's gone. That's why I picked up a switch. <laughs> How much have you been playing your switch? Jesus. <laughs> Quarantine, dude. Like I played it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was all that Animal Crossing. <laughs> all that Animal Crossing, all the RPGs that I that I missed. I played through all of this guy or five. That was a launch title oh, game. That is a long game. That is a <laughs> that launch is title long, game, too. That came out in 2017. Wow. <laughs> wow. It, it, um, I, but yeah, there's been a lot of rumors about a new Switch model. Um, whether or not it's true, we don't know. I, I think it's plausible. I know. It's plausible, I, I, but I don't think it's what everyone thinks it is. Everyone keeps thinking that it's going to be a pro version. They'll be able to compete with. Microsoft is starting. I'm like, no, they're not going to do that. It's not going to no, have streaming built not in. Gonna it's that. not going to have anything like that. It's, it's going to be, be like the here's DSi. A, here's a, yeah, here's this newer model that makes your game shinier yeah. if you want it. Yeah. That's it. It's going to be a DSi. That's all it's going to be. Am I going to pick it up? Yes, because I collect all the, the consoles. I, I might get it too. I, I, I have not gotten a Switch Lite though because I didn't see the need for it. But I think something like this... Uh, only because I want, like for me, I don't care about it, but I want it. Yeah. The 4K output is a feature that I would like as someone yes. who is about to buy a 4K TV. Um, so I would want that model just so that like I can be like, oh man, uh, can I redo this game and have it be put on 4K up res? I would like to see that. That's just, that's, that's where I am. No, that's perfectly with, uh, fine this potential new Switch model, if they do do it. I, I really think that it's just going to be like, the, they're not going to call it the Switch I, or they might call it the Switch HD, or something like that. It's not going to yeah, be... Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll do something. It's not going to be like the Nintendo Switch Pro. It's not going to be that. Or the, or the second coming so. of the Switch. Like, it's not going to be that. It'll be like... 
It'll be like here's it'll be the new Nintendo Switch XL. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's probably what it's gonna be. Yeah. Which is fine. Alrighty. Which is fine. Yes. Alright, guys. Uh, so we went a little bit over, unfortunately, but that's gonna uh, be it for today's show. Uh, if you would like to keep the conversation going, uh, you can definitely do so over in our Discord. Uh, be sure to tag me at Omega Z for any questions you have about any of the topics that we discussed on today's show. I'm more than happy to talk with you guys and give you some feedback and thoughts and whatnots over there. Um, we appreciate all the support, and one of the many ways you can continue to support us is with our merch store over at StreamElements.com. We have our D t-shirts, our D mugs, and our D hoodie. I myself am a fan of the hoodie and the mug. Uh, they are very comfortable, and the mug is always something that I keep on hand when I'm streaming uh, here at Digital Era Twitch. Um, and definitely check out our sponsor while you're at it, imageanimate.com, and use our code DISCOUNT20 for 20% off all in-stock items over at imageanimate.com. And if you would like to check out some of the items in person and see what they are, there is a pop-up shop over at the Waypoint Cafe in the Lower East Side of Manhattan here in New York, 65 Ludlow Street. And sometimes you can find Gino or myself there. Uh, definitely pop on in and say hi. Uh, but as always, you know, we are here to talk about esports and gaming. The Deco Podcast is every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. And just after this podcast, we will switch over to Joel and RJ as they continue their playthrough of Roommates featuring music from our pal Leech Music over in the Discord. You can see that he was tagged there in one of our uh, channels. Uh, so definitely give that a watch when we sign off here. Uh, so that's going to be it for tonight. Thank you all for coming on through. Stay safe out there. And uh, until next time, as always, you've been decoded.